Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome everybody. It's Thursday night once again. Hey y'all. Got crazy Carl in the building. How you doing? We made it. <laughs> yes, indeed, we did. It's pre-Friday. Mm. I mean, it's always pre-Friday when we have a yeah. <laughs> But yeah. what I'm saying is, this week has week, didn't it? I mean, mm. when you have a holiday and you you lose a day, it seems yeah. like all the other days make up for you losing that day. <laughs> this, this, so again, we had so the Sunday holiday. Then Monday, Monday, Thursday? Is that how that works? Yeah. Jeez. And then I was out Friday. Can remember last time we did our right. show, I was drinking the good drink for uh my first <laughs> colonoscopy. Oh, that's right. Child, that was that was something. But you, got, you had the best sleep. You had the best sleep ever, didn't child, you? Child, when I tell you I slept so good, baby. That lady <laughs> <laughs> She said, look at me, because I'm about to panic. She said, this is going to stink a little bit. I said, now, look at here. <laughs> and when I opened my eyes again, she was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, boy, that's yeah. sleepy for real. It was a trip, honey. But yeah, you know, I'm in the fitness now. I got to make sure my guts and everything is right. Get you know, ladies, I always say, get your titties checked, man. Get your everything checked. Get your prostate checked. Yeah. I'm going to say it now for the men so you ain't got to. <laughs> Quit all that fear of homo stuff because you're getting a colonoscopy. Go get it done if you want to stick around. Okay. Don't worry about it. Stop They're going to knock you out so you ain't going to notice nothing. Yeah. You're going to be sleep. Trust me. You're going to be all right. And you're going to sleep good too. So. Yeah, real good. Go get it done. <laughs> well. <laughs> Let's so, get into it. Let's 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 pay these bills so we can get this going. And you already know the main sponsor of the show. <laughs> the sweet and slime with Micaiah and Mitchell. Y'all already know. You see it, right? You see how she just keeps everything so neat and lustrous. See? Mm-hmm. I put it up today. I had I caught myself doing my hair. My uh uh Pinky told me she said, sugar, that look crazy. So I had to put this. I said, who asked you? But anyway, <laughs> Micaiah Mitchell, that's who mm-hmm. does my hair. She does the hair of a lot of my friends. She does natural hair. She doesn't just do locks. She does natural hair. She does hair. If you want a perm, she do that. You want a blowout, she do that. If you want a cut, she do that. If you mm-hmm. want your makeup done, she do that. She's a stylist. Bam. She do that. She do everything. And she's amazing. Um, so if you want to get your hair touched and your hair be healthy, she makes her own hair products also. So you got to get into that, y'all. She really, you know, she is the truth. So you can reach her at 336-734-3307. You can find her on IG under the sweetest line. You can find her on Facebook under Makaya Mitchell. She's also on TikTok under the sweetest line. And she's also on Snapchat. Go check her out. And when you do, remember, tell her Carla sent you. Okay, thank you. All yes, right. So before we get to our guests, I am just ecstatic on the news that's going to happen. Next week, 
your boy is starting his own podcast called Implosion. Yes. And understand it's not implosion, like a like the submarine that imploded. No. Yeah. Implosion where we're gonna talk about the power within. And I have the wonderful Tammy Dove. She is the founder of the ISSA Awards. And I'll be speaking with her Thursday night next week at six, right before Miss College. And there I am all dressed up like a deacon and whatnot. But you know That's all right, but you were sharp though. You was casket sharp, baby. Just in case. Hey. I'm telling you, that suit opened up some doors for your boy. So, you know, I ain't, I ain't mad at all. I ain't yeah, mad at all. You know, sometimes I look, sometimes I dress like a hun, sometimes I dress like a hoe. Just the people. There you go. What up, Lena? What's Wait, going on, stranger? <laughs> she in the cut. Listen, <laughs> listen all right. I'm telling you. So tell us about your guests. Okay, so. Okay. I want y'all to prepare y'all because listen, I'm in fair girl mode. So last week I had Simply Nick. I was in fair girl mode because y'all know mm-hmm. I love Simply Nick. So this week, one of my favorite authors in the whole entire universe, I said universe, not the, the world, universe. the universe. That's much more vast. Um, This woman wrote a book called One Day I Saw a Black King. Mm. And I remember the first time I read that book, I said, baby, I just threw the damn thing across the room. I said, get out of here. This is (laughs) it. Because it was so real. Mm. And oh, it's just, it just, that's how, that's how, you know, not that stuff you see on Hallmark, the real, the real relationship stuff, the ugly stuff, the pretty stuff. I love it. You know, like, like with Miss Terry McMillan. J.D. Mason, she's one of the greats. Eric Jerome Vicky, that's my people. So you listen, J.D. Mason, my book club, we used to love reading her books. Mm. Uh, she's been writing books. And when I bring her on here, look, y'all better give it up. Give it up for the one, the only. Ain't nobody else like her. Nobody else nowhere. Because she can write a book, baby. You mm. be, honey, you be turning off everything just to get to the end of her book. You be reading on wow. your lunches. You be reading on the way you just be going crazy. I done read books on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, D. JD Mason. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, damn, that's Y'all. Okay, let me drink my drink. Okay. You drink a drink. You ladies have a good time. I'll be in the back. Uh, well, people do know. I just told them you're one of my favorite authors in the whole universe. Um, oh my god! I just love your books. Thank you. I love your commentary. I love your sense of humor. Thank you. Uh, I think I've been following you on Facebook for a long time. Um, but we met through Facebook, and yep. because I was like. Fangirling, I was like, I'm gonna follow JD Mason. She's on Facebook. You so are that's what I did. I'm fangirling over you too. So you know, I, I, yeah. I, just, I'm I just like, don't even know how to act right now. But I'm just so excited. 
I'm so glad to have you on here. And, and I want people to see, you know, because a lot of times we read people, but I mean, like, these are real human beings. Hi, Lena, listen. Wordsmith on Dip. What's up, Sister Scott? That's her. Yes. She's amazing. So Lena's a, a graphic arts. Uh, she's an a, a, a artist. She does everything. So you should okay. see herself too. She's very dope. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about okay, so I wrote my list of questions, but before we do that, I'm gonna start from the beginning. So for people that don't know, this is JD Mason, the author. And JD, tell the people where you're from and where you're at. I am uh well, I was originally born in Texas, but I was raised in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Um, grew up there and uh, started writing back in 1999 or 2000. And yeah. didn't know what I was doing. It took me a long time to figure it out, but I finally figured it out six years later how to write a book. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been in the business since 2002 and um, have about 30 some odd books published. And I am, I took a bit of a hiatus in 2021, and now I'm trying to find my way back. So working on some new stuff, working on some screenplays, working on new stories, new books. And uh, right now I live in New Orleans. So that's me. The NOLA. NOLA. I've had some interesting things happen to me in the NOLA. <laughs> I told you one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah, it's just an interesting place. It will bring that out in you. Honey, I love the NOLA. I made a pimp name slip back down there one time, girl. Literally, it was like a dude. You know, the best thing about this place is the people. A mailman, girl. We was coming out of my friend's apartment, and the, the mailman had dreadlocks down to his knees. Yes. He had grills. I said, "Okay, okay, this the mailman." He yes. had no tattoos. I said, "Oh, yes. I know this house is gonna be like this." <laughs> girl, yes, yes, yes. Ah. And um, when we went, it was when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, and it was Mardi Gras at the same time. Yes. So the day we got down there was the day they won the Super Bowl, and we went to a bar, and it was just people were so excited. Like one man started taking off his clothes, and uh, one lady was in the bar. They was kissing like it was New Year's, girl. It was just a whole thing, girl. I was like, what is happening? But it was the <laughs> and then I met. Kevin Garnett, who was very stuck up, but I like the rest of his team. I met the Celtics because they play when um what's my boy from Winston Salem? Oh my God. Uh, why can't I think of his name? He's from right here and I know him. Um he used to play for New Orleans, but he um now he plays for the Lakers. Paul, CJ Paul. Okay. So um we met the Celtics because they was getting off the bus. So that was a very interesting trip yeah and so now you're there yes. and i know it's stirring up all your creative juices because like you said the people there are different you never seen prostitutes hang out with police officers until you go to new orleans <laughs> 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 I mean, baby they be out there 
the strippers and the and the I say the hoes because I'd be like the prostitutes. They be like, girl, you can call us all okay in the hoes. They be out there and they be just having a good time. They be kick, 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 kick with the police. Girl, you don't see the man, you don't see the, the man walking down uh Bourbon Street. He's got a red cowboy hat and got wears a red skirt and fishnet stockings. He's got a big old gray beard and long gray hair. And then there was a boy riding a little scooter. He had a yellow snake, a yellow python or something around his neck. Lie. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. lie. So yeah, this place is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. But then the music and the food is what make it even better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh girl, I ate gumbo every day I was there and I drank hurricanes. I was up drinking like nine in the morning, judge your mama. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah. You know, they tell yeah. me that you come here and go to the drive to and buy yourself a daiquiri. At the drive-thru. Yeah, I mean, like you can go in Walgreens and get liquor. I was like, what is happening? Yes. yes. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. I had never in my life so the Nola. So I always ask everybody, what's your zodiac sign, JD? Virgo. That's right. Yeah, I got a birthday coming. When's your, when's your birthday? Next week. 20th. I will be birthday. That is it. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm going to be 60. 6-0. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it, but I'm so excited. <laughs> Did it what? Yes. I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm so excited to turn 60 years old, but I'm just but like. But you should be because, baby, you still alive and you looking like you 45. You with all this gray hair, but that was meant to You still look like a little baby in the face. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm in return 60, girl, and I am so excited. So 50s, I thought 50s were good. And 50s were good. I thought 40s was good. But 50s, but 60s, there's something special about 60s. Yes, girl. There's something special. I know you ain't there yet, but there's something about 60s. I didn't even expect to feel this way. Well, I just turned 50. And I'm loving it. Yes. This is a this is a great time for women. I mean, this age is awesome. Oh, she look good. Thank you so much. Um, this is when women, you know, not we're not our grandmothers. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. We we doing a lot of stuff. Stuff we probably ain't got no damn business doing, but I love it. Ah, I cannot. The new hormones. My whole life that opened up. I I said, Lord, don't let nothing make it listen. Because I won't be like my grandma and they having no menopause babies and no stuff. I said, let me go sit my tail down somewhere. You hear me? Because <laughs> you know, that's how the women used to get caught up in the day. My grandma did. Yeah. Nah, baby, not me. Pick is enough. Yeah. Um, so you live in the NOLA. Yeah. I just can't believe you're gonna be 60. What? Yeah, yeah, big 6-0. Big 6-0. And how old is your daughter? Uh she's 29. And my oh. son my son is 30. I don't know. What's six years, seven years older than her? Oh yeah. So are they still in Colorado or are they down there with you? They're in Colorado. Yeah. I just I mean what? So I mean, and that was another thing that drew me to your books. <laughs> you have a different black perspective. I do. And I'm glad you realize that. Yeah, and and I I was very intrigued by it because I, I don't know any black people from Colorado. I mean, until I started reading your books. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then I found out that there's a whole bunch of black people in Colorado. Yeah, they all spread out like this. Not like when I was growing up and everybody was in the same neighborhood, but they there. They there. I, I found that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. Um, just like I didn't realize there was a whole bunch of black people in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Quite a bit. So, but the way you tell a story is to me one of the best things ever. And then when you did the Mrs. Price series, first of all, ma'am, that right there, that right there, the, your, uh, what's the the rich and dangerous? What was the rich series? What was the one you did with the uh, the beautiful dirty, beautiful yeah. dirty, yeah, baby. That 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 need I could just see that. Yes. Forget all the queens, men, and all that stuff. They need to get that on TV because baby, that was a whole soap opera. I'm trying to get that on TV. I'm working on it. It was. I mean, it was like it was just something you just don't see, right? But it was so good because you'll think something gonna happen and boom, something else happened, then boom, you be like, oh, shoot, okay. Yeah. So I loved it. But one day I saw Black King was the equivalent to me reading um Disappearing Acts by Terry McMillan. Cause you know, I was living with this guy, but he was living with me. <laughs> Correction, let's clear that up. And I read the last page of Terry McMillan's waiting to exhale, and I packed all his stuff up and put it on the front porch and had the lock changed, huh? You were done. Hmm? You were done. And that's what authors do. People don't realize if you can read something, it can literally change your mind, right? So one day I read, one day I saw Black King, and I, and I realized, hmm, this being married ain't working. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds weird, but I do want to tell you that really that's what happened. I read one day I saw Black King and I said, hmm, no, I don't like, this is not how I thought it was going to be. And I made a decision after I read your book. Why? What about the book made to make that decision? Because she literally... Even though she made her mistake, you know, even though everything wasn't perfect, and even though that dude wasn't perfect, definitely. She lived to her truest self. Yeah. You know, even in the end, even when it got to the end, when it wasn't just like, you know, the fairy tale ending necessarily. Yes. It was real. Yes. And I said, I would just rather have reality. Yeah. Then then, you know, what other people have conjured up for me. I'm glad you pointed out that he's not, he wasn't perfect. Because everybody that loves that book loves John King. And I'm like, that dude was, he was flawed. He had a lot of issues. But so was the guy disappearing acts. But listen, we're all screwed up. And she was a piece of work too. She was. Yes, she was. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. Like real people, people with real love stories, like my grandparents who were married for 50 years. And child, I could tell you some stories. Baby, it was no walk in the park. Yeah. yeah. Because when you're dealing with people, we have stuff going on. That's what makes us interesting though, right? I love it. And I love the fact that you capture it though. Mm-hmm. Because up until, I mean, there were very few people who was writing like the real like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just, you just jump right in it. You know, 
with your books. One day I saw Bay Clean. Like, what was the other one, girl, that I just love? Um, my brain going blank. Something down in me, this fire down in this fire. Yeah, the fire down in my soul. That one. Mm -hmm. Baby. Mm -hmm. and, and on the eighth day, and listen, on the eighth day, she missed it. Yep. Listen, baby. Yeah. If anybody anywhere has ever gone through domestic violence, not or know somebody who has, baby, you better read that book. That book had a lot of impact on a lot of people. I mean, I had people write me telling me that they left abusive relationships because of that book. Um, and that just touched me because I'm like, I didn't even, I've never been in an abusive relationship. My poor ex-husband, everybody was calling him and talking about, did she leave you because you used to beat her up? <laughs> He's like, he would get me on the phone and say, please tell him I never hit you. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, he never hit me. <laughs> but it made you think about the woman who did. Yeah. And it made you think about her different. Because I'm going to tell you, I grew up seeing, you know, I saw my uncle beat my aunt. Uh, I mean, saw it firsthand, mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I would see people, and I and I made a decision very early in life, you will not hit me. You will not do anything to me. Now, I took mental abuse, but I wouldn't let nobody put their hands on me. Yes. But one is as bad as the other once you get older and start realizing stuff, right? Yeah. Now that's one of our poets. Um, she's awesome. That's my sis. That's Shine. Um, I'm gonna tell you that on the eighth day she rested, girl. By the time you get to the end of that book, you be like, wait a minute, now hold it. And that's what makes you so you are a master storyteller. I mean, you hook people in, and then when you think it's gonna be one thing, it's just be something totally different. You be like, "What?" And I love it, and I just want to thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, you don't understand that where I'm at in my career right now. What your words mean to me, right? Because I left the business. I meant to stay gone in 2021. I meant to stay gone. I didn't mean to come back and write any more books. Right, I was emotionally tapped out because this is a tough business. You know how the entertainment business, how creative businesses are, they're tough. Yeah, it gets toll because at some at one point, I mean, I was writing five books a year or something like that, something crazy, and it took its toll. And I was like, I was out of falling out of love with the craft. And it was only been in the last this last year that I decided, you know what, I didn't love the business, but I do love the process of creating. We are as creators. If we're not creating, we're something's wrong. And I Girl, just, and, and it makes you feel dead inside. It makes you feel dead inside. For the last two years, I'm like, why do I feel this way? I'm not a depressed person, but I felt dead inside. And it's like the voice came me say, "You're not. You're creative, and you're not creating." Like so, fuck the business, the writing. Right. The process of creating and your stories and building your worlds and doing what your spirit is meant to do. It's meant to create. So hearing you say this stuff, because I'm having to, you know, I'm starting like this, like a muscle, you know, you stop going to the gym and it's hard to get back into it. I'm in yeah. I got a lot of insecurity right now. I used to could write a book and just throw it out there. I'm, I'm struggling with my insecurities right now, but to hear you um, talk about these books and to have this conversation with you, it just kind of just makes me feel so, so like, okay, I got this. I can do this because this is what I do. And just hear that it affects people the way you're saying it affects you. That just warms me and just motivates me and just makes me feel like, okay, I I, I, I have a responsibility. Because I have a ton of stories to tell. 
And I have a responsibility to tell them and to share them. So that's my that's my goal now. Okay, so her question, the artist known as Lena J to you is, do you gravitate towards identifying as a black female author like some of our other queens? Alice Walker, Toni Morrison, Bell Hooks, Gloria Neeler, or do you prefer to be known simply as an author, period? Yeah, I don't put myself in the category with those people at all. I mean, those are goddesses, you know, and I'm just like, I'm just me. I have, I know I have my own voice. I have my own unique voice. I, but the Alice Walkers and the Bell Hooks, and I'm like, oh my God, you know. And you're right up there with them. But I, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much. Because it's like I idolize them, you know, and so yeah, yeah. But 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 you know, I think the thing I do it, I do put myself in the same uh, vein with them in that I am very passionate about what I do. I don't write just for the sake of putting words on paper and selling a bunch of books and just you know. I want you to feel, and I want you to. You may not agree, right? I want I want you to walk away feeling some kind of way. And if I, when I'm writing, if I don't feel it, you don't feel it. So it's very important for me to create an experience for my readers that they just can't just toss a book aside and forget about it because they read it and they got three more more to read. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience. I want you to be pulled into who these people are. Cause I spend a lot of time and energy figuring out who they are. I want to know them just like I'm meeting you for the first time. I would dig deep. I would dig so deep to figure out who they are. It may not end up in the book, but I have at least I know who they are and I can write from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have been writing a book for over 10 years. Why so long, girl? <laughs> because I'm crazy. Like, you know, how you pick something up and turn it loose and pick it up and turn it loose. And then I had to change stuff because I went through this experience and I went through that experience. And then sometimes you write about your friends' experiences. And I finally think I'm <laughs> by next year, actually put this book out and do it. Yes. Because I know that women will definitely relate. Black women, definitely. Women of color, definitely. But all women, because it's go, it's going to involve a man, honey. <laughs> a man. Yes. You need to get it out. And that's the thing. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're going through. I know what that's like. That's starting, that's stop, that's starting, that's stop. It's hard work writing a book. People don't understand how hard it is. Right? You got to push through, sis. You got to push through when you get to that point. Because I'm at that point now. It's like, okay, I don't know what else to do next. I'm working on a book now. And it's like, but I know I'm a veteran. I'm like, okay, you know this feeling. You know what to do. You know how to push through. And so I'm re I'm getting back into the flow of this. So people like you, I'm like, I know where you're at. I know what you're going through. It's like, I understand what you're doing. And, and I can, I'm, I've been doing this for so long. I understand. You, you have no idea how, the language you're speaking is that I understand what you're talking about. So have you ever had a situation where somebody did something to you and you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna write a book about this joker. Nope. I'm gonna write a book about this joker. Nope. No? Okay. Nope. I don't want to give anybody credit for anything in my books. So I ain't writing about none of y'all. <laughs> and people want to say, oh, did you write about me? So I didn't write about you. My mother thinks I write everything about her. I say, I ain't wrote about you, Ruby. <laughs> Mommy, look, let Ruby, your mama named Ruby. You know she a pistol, her name Ruby. <laughs> Girl, when they named after jewels, they be something else like Pearl and Opal and Ruby and stuff like that. Girl, them old school divas like that. Oh, hell. You know, ain't read nothing I wrote, but she thinks I write all about her. It's like, you Mama, well, just let her thank you, girl. Just let her be. 
Listen, I am, I'm just so happy to have you here. So before we go to the artist of the week, because I know it's about to come up, I do have one question. So when you started writing, what what was your your main before you finished the book? What was your how do I say that? What was your sauce? Like what was it? Were you like, I gotta get this done because XYZ? <laughs> my ex-husband <laughs> girl he was doing whatever he was doing right and i had gotten into spy mode right checking pages back in the day it was pages wasn't cell phone checking pages calling people blah 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 and i said what you been doing where you at why are you home today and he said you know you need to get you some business and i had always wanted to write a book we had this computer sitting over in the corner gathering dust i said you know he is absolutely right because that is so not me i am not that chick i don't do that right Whatever he's doing in the dark will come to the light. So I started, I was like, you know, I'm gonna focus on my book. I started writing the book. All of a sudden, I wasn't in his business anymore and he was kind of mad because I wasn't paying attention. But I'm like, shut up, I'm right. Um, a couple years later, we were divorced. But that was this, I just wanted to do it for myself. I wanted to see if I could fit it. And the first draft of that book was just 50 pages max. And I'm like, that's not a whole book. I can't, I can't, that's not a book. And God told me, well, make it a book, be a writer. And so from that point on, the process of writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and learning my craft. And that was eighth day. That was the first book. And that, that's what took over. And it was just, you know, I was in an unhappy place in my life. And I wanted to do something grand. So. And that was a self-published book, right? Or did you have a, a house behind you? The first two times it was self-published. The first time it sold 117 copies, the second time it sold like 10,000, and then the house picked it up. And so the house picked it up, I think it sold like 50,000 or something like that. But um, people are still reading that book. I mean, I read publishing. Baby, listen, I will tell y'all, and on the eighth day she rested. If y'all have not read that book, you need to read it. I'm talking about men and women. Yep. Because I had men who read that book and said, damn. I re-released the 20th anniversary edition. It's brand new, but it's the same story. I just, it's, a, it's just the anniversary edition. People still reading that book. And I'm like, wow. I don't think anybody still be reading it. 20 years later, they still read it. Girl, that book is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That is like, you know, I just love authors. That's like, you never know what's in a person's head. Like you, like, cause when I first saw you, I was like, that's who wrote the book? Cause she looks so sweet. <laughs> look at you bubbling. That's like when I met Zane, she looked like a school teacher. I was looking at her and I was like, that's like, that's Zane. I was like, what? <laughs> Girl, you know, I went up to ask her about them, them midgets and the uh, sisters of Asia. I was like, baby, what, uh, what you, what you, uh, where you get the midgets from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna ask, right? Yes. What's it, and on the eighth day she rested. Yes. You gotta read it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um, so I guess we're gonna go to the artist of the week. Okay. Troy. Hello. See, I'm on it tonight, but I'm on it. Yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> so um the blast artist for tonight, this is a young lady that she blew me away because um, the beginning of August, I went to Atlanta to the ISSA Awards, 
And if I'm correct, she won two awards. And this blast artist's name is Lala Music. And the name of this song is called Warrior. Check this out.
and that is La La Music with Warrior. Man, she was she was phenomenal when she came out on the stage. She was just decked out. I can't even explain it. She was dope. But anyway. Okay, I love it. Yes, indeed. So if you are an independent artist or even a spoken word poet or comedian that's looking for some exposure, you can go to blastmusic247.com and register for free. But most of all, Blast needs the fans. So if you're a fan that loves to hear great music, just like you heard tonight, go to blastmusic247.com and register for free. That's blastmusic247.com, changing the industry one artist at a time. All right, guys, back to you. Thank you. I'm a warrior. Okay, I like it. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like gospel, neo soul, rapid poetry, all of that. Yeah. I, I like it. That was, yeah, that was dope, right? And I like the imagery of it. I like the the, the head wraps and the, you know, it was dope. That was dope. Okay, sis. I like the fight scenes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot to take in, and I was I was processing it. Because <laughs> you know, I'll be processing stuff. Especially when I look, get to the bottom of my wine glass, girl. I was like, I thought that was Kool Aid. <laughs> no, maybe. Because <laughs> that was a lot in there, Carla. <laughs> Worry about what you're doing over there. So, listen. <laughs> Don't want to tell you this thing might change at any moment. <laughs> I'm not asking you anything, girl. Listen, okay. so being good, I'm really being good. Why? So, now I'm going to say, your sex seems to be good, girl, sis, now. Girl, I told you. Honey, I you done made me have to call up somebody a couple of times. I hate writing. When I've been reading the books, I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I hate yes. writing. I hate writing sex scenes. But yes. I just did it like this. If it makes, if it turns me on, then I did a good job. Oh, is that okay? So I was gonna ask you. So how do you go into that? Because I've never been able to like. Well, other than you know, Zane, she got a wild mind. You'll yeah. never know. Yeah. And I know you know it, because when she sit, she looks so prim and proper, she just be sitting there looking like she got, she just got out of Sunday service. No, but that time be writing some crazy stuff. Ones though, right? The ones you don't expect, right? I'll be like, listen, I am not grown enough to read this damn book. I remember the first time, <laughs> them Alpha Five, uh, the Alpha Five, you know, fuckums. That's the book. <laughs> I said, what in the world? <laughs> that was a good book. Yeah, but yeah. baby, you be having some amazing love scenes, though. Thank you. And I was like, yeah, I want to try that. I ain't like what my girl said. I ain't never, I, I ain't never, I ain't never, 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 I ain't never did that before. <laughs> Most of them I haven't either. <laughs> Most of them I haven't either. So okay, I'm just gonna be real. Most of it I haven't either. These are fantasies. <laughs> These are well, fantasies. hell, girl, I listen. You will never know it. Because you be writing that thing like you know what you're talking about. I said, oh, okay. So, you know, why everybody be texting me and calling me while I be on my podcast? Because <laughs> they know you busy. Tell me, get on the podcast. They just had like children and dogs. I always bother you when you do it, you know, when you get on the phone. Huh? Yeah. Um. So... 
How many books did you say? 30? About 34, 35, something like that. Not and I love the dragon books, even though you said you 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 know you only wrote four. I like the whole concept of there's a person walking around that I don't know is a wild beast. I like that it's black people that are dragons. And the best thing about that story was that it was not black men, it was black women that started, I started with a black woman, right? Yes. I had seen this article about, um, this, this article talking about here's the best dragon romance books to read. And it was all these white chest, white muscular chested men, the covers all look the same, right? I'm like, okay, where's the black one? Wasn't one in a bunch. Right, now I, I ain't interested in that. And the hell, you're dealing with fire. See, like you would be black on the outside. Of somebody, somebody, right? But they weren't with black. a tan or something. So I said, well, we need black dragons. And then I was thinking about a story of black dragons. I said, what if one of these dragons, what if this dragon is a woman, a black woman who turns into a dragon? And I who was, didn't oh. know she was a dragon. That was oh. the dope part to me. Yeah. And it's, so we're using African folklore and, uh, um, just the, just this modern day woman in Denver, Colorado, minding her business, didn't know she was turning into a dragon, but she was. And so because her love interest can't just be a regular dude, right? So he's got to be part guy and he's got to do his thing. And it's like, that was just like the dopest story. I love that whole series. I haven't finished it, but I know, I know the whole series and I'm like, I might finish it just because I like it. But um, yeah, it was just my so, the very first book was amazing. She you. said, would you want one of your books adapted for Netflix? The only the ones I would like to adapt, Black King is very hard to adapt. Okay, I've had- I agree. Book. Yeah, it's a hard one to adapt. I um, agree. Eighth Day could be adapted for Netflix. That be that wouldn't be hard. And Or the Gatewood series would not be hard to adapt to Netflix. Yeah. That would be a great one for the Netflix. I think the Gatewood would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great for the Netflix. That would be just drama, right? Just well, any of the streaming. So, like, yeah. All Black. I watch a lot of the good Black series that I watch on the All Black channel. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they have stuff that we watch on there, right? I yeah. mean, Netflix is getting better. But let's yeah. be real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and nothing against Tyler Perry, but, you know, Tyler Perry stuff is all Tyler Perry stuff, right? Right. But I like to see different things. Like I don't, I don't do horror. But one of my best friend from college, she's a black horror filmmaker. She lives in California, Ooh, and she's been winning awards for it. And her name is Val. Shout out Val, Val Sarah. Y'all, she's on my page. Y'all see, she talks to me all the time. But she wins all these. What she makes movies, she makes short films. And she's been winning because she makes black horror movies. Yes, yes. Because black people love horror movies, not me. But I'm my like sister and them, they love them. I don't like nothing scary. Mm -mm, no, ma'am, no thank you. I'm like my grandma, you get the devil and you're watching that shit. Listen, <laughs> that's what I know what your grandma used to say. Keep watching that shit, you get the devil in you. I was like, oh, when you look cut, so I probably got it anyway. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm scary because when I go to sleep at night, yeah. that's when my brain going to hyperdrive. See, when I, I lay down, I watch all my scary movies before two o'clock, and then I watch something funny or something romantic or something like that. So that way it's out of my brain by bedtime. I can't watch it after that. 
Now I like suspense. Now sometimes I even have to be careful with Dateline because girl, I done went to bed, watched Dateline, and drank something crazy. <laughs> this last moon, speaking of which, did you feel creative doing this doing this whole retro Pisces moon? Did you feel it? I felt change. I felt evolution. This is what I felt. And this is why, I don't know. I don't know if it's because my birthday's coming or what, but I just, you're a bunch of these periods where you feel like, okay, it's time for me to evolve. And, you know, you're comfortable. You're doing everything. You're good. Life is ain't nothing wrong. But you just feel like, okay, now it's time to change. It's time to evolve. It's time to move into this next phase of my life. So I feel like this. I'm here to turn 60. And I look at life like this. You got your first act, which is, one, you know, from birth to 29, act two is from 30 to 59, and act three is the final act, right? And I'm like, well, I'm in my final act. It's got to be good, right? And so that's what I felt during this period. I felt like this sense of, I've, it's time for me to change, evolve, and move on, move spiritually, emotionally, move into this next phase of my life. That's what I felt very strongly. That's that's what I felt leading up to 50. And then when 50, I mean, even before it even hit, I could feel myself shifting. Yes. yes. Like like the way I think, the way I react to stuff. Yeah. Uh my inner, like I can't and like you said, you really can't explain it. Yeah. But when you start going from one level to another, you feel uncomfortable staying at a certain place and you feel like you got to do this or yes. do this yes because you because i feel like this when you're comfortable everybody wants to be comfortable and we can get to a point where we're comfortable but sometimes if you're comfortable for too long you become complacent right and sometimes you become stagnant stagnant and you got to become uncomfortable again to go to the next level of who you're meant to be that's the way i look at it and so that's what I spend, you know, when these milestones like birthdays or, or something comes up, I just, I'm like you, I feel uncomfortable being in the same place. And sometimes like, okay, it's time to shift, time to make a change. So that's where I, that's what I've been feeling in the last couple of months, now, especially this last month, you know, August, but I felt it, you know, when that moon, when that moon hit, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, that saying said you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. If you're really going to achieve stuff. And I mean, you've written 30 pieces. Yeah. Like, to me, that is like. But then I sit and think about, I, I really, the other day, I don't know what prompted me. Oh, actually, do I had a conversation with someone and I went in there and I started looking. And I have journals going all the way back to high school. Girl, I got a stack. I got a stack of journals. And I told my daughters, when I die, when y'all go through my journals, just get your weed and your cigarettes or whatever you're going to get your wine, whiskey, get ready. Because you go, your mama was a lady that lived her life. <laughs> Girl, I think, I think journaling, if you don't have a counselor, at least journal. But when you're journaling, be honest with yourself. Don't be dry. Don't it's be dry. hard. Don't be writing no fluff. Don't be writing with who you think you, you want to write. Be honest with yourself, right? Be true. And 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 if it means being raw and and just putting out all your ugliness on there, put it on there. That's what it's for. That's how it helps, right? So people are like, I don't like to journal. It's like, you probably aren't comfortable being with yourself, being alone with yourself, you know? Girl, when you see that pain on the page, 
Yep. Like sometimes you forget about how you felt when you were going through something and then you see it in a journal and you be like, oh my God, like I can't believe I was that stupid or I can't believe that I was so invested in that person or that thing or whatever. Or, you know, you see yourself as like me as a young mother. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, y'all lucky y'all alive because. Girl! <laughs> you know? Babies. You know? Dude. My yep. children are miracle children. I tell them yep. all the time. Yep. Especially my oldest daughter, because, baby, I was still in the club <laughs> eight months pregnant in denial <laughs> that a baby was coming forth. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then, girl, I would just be sitting, we would just be sitting looking at each other. Like, I know she was looking at me, I look at her like, what the hell do we do with each other? Okay. Yes. But yes. we made it. Yes. Yes. We made it. I do. And, and that's what your books, your books inspire people. Your books are funny. Yeah. Coming from me, that's a compliment. Sometimes you'll say something in your books. I'll be like, that damn Jake. I'm a tickle. You know? So how do your how do your children feel about you being great advice? Do you feel that big time publishers pigeonhole black authors to stay in a certain lane? They do. Big publishers really they and I've had somebody from a big publisher tell me this. Sometimes they don't really know what to do with black authors. Like so when they find something that works, that they see that sells with black authors, they want everybody to write that same type of thing. In most cases, they really kind of want you. You know, you have some, you have some leeway. You know, some, some, you know, they will give you some, some, you know, nuggets to do other things. But like when hip, when street wit was was popular, when they made that popular, they were the ones. You know, all of a sudden everybody wanted to, everybody to write street, they wanted to street that off. Um, so now everything is, I think they're leaning a lot towards historical fiction and, and everybody's doing well writing historical fiction. And I'll have, you know, so that's the, that's the thing now. So they do kind of like, once they find a, a trend, especially for black books, they tend to want to stick with that trend. Whereas I think that unfairly so, they don't give us as much leeway to try new things as white authors get to be. White authors get to write a whole lot of new things, but black authors we're, we're held to a tighter standard, I think. Right. Because we don't, we don't honestly, we don't sell like white authors because black people, black readers, we read everybody. We don't care if you're black, white, purple, whatever. Right. We read everybody, but white people aren't that way with black authors. If they see, I have people tell me they see black people on the cover, they don't think they're supposed to read it. Right. My books aren't written just for black people. They're just written right. Exactly. For people that anybody can read but we don't they don't give us that grace they don't they don't support us like that so we don't sell that number of books like they do now most of us don't now you terry might tell terry mcmillan did or whatever but even her even she didn't sell to the level that a lot of these white writers exactly so yeah they they pigeonhole us they kind of we kind of like in a niche they kind of keep us there so we even though we see more people coming out more black people coming out with mystery and suspense and all that stuff and and horror you still see them, we struggle more so with that. Because black readers don't necessarily support black horror books or black fantasy books about the dragons or whatever. They don't, black readers don't necessarily read that. So it's kind of like finding that audience is hard. And white readers won't read it because black people wrote it most of the time. So it's hard 
for us to make, to branch out and do different things. And that's sad because we got so many different stories to tell. Yeah. Because once again, we are the creatives. Yes. Since Africa, since we got here from outer space. Yeah. <laughs> People don't want to hear me when I say that. I'd be like, yo, when we got here from outer space, they'd be like, what you talking about? I'd be like, you know, hang with me. <laughs> Listen, we are so supernatural. Like, people don't really understand that we are, like, not of this world. Yeah. Just because, I mean, hell, I'm mailing in alone. Like, come on. Yep. So, <laughs> speaking of sci fi and horror, she was saying, like, do have do you know Tannery do personally? Have you ever met her? Yeah, I met her. She's one of my favorites too. And yeah. see, I love a good sci-fi. Like I remember Octavia Butler, uh Kendrick, but I read um Wild Seed. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Where the people were shape-shifting into the animals and things. I was like, come on. When I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was turned out. You hear me? Yeah. And um I mean, I was a kid who read books. Like my mom would put me on punishment because I was I used to be rambunctious. I know y'all can't believe that. But I used to do stuff. And my mama would make me go in my room and take the TV and stuff. But where she went wrong was she let me always read. Oh. But it was not wrong. I mean, I think it helped me, of course. But Henry Do, she does not get her credit. No, she does not. Because her books. Now, that's a book you can't read uh, past a certain time of night because you be sitting in there thinking about, like, yep. is something going <laughs> to jump out these shadows in this house? Because she love to trick your house out in them books. I'll be like, first of all, uh, but it be so good. Now, I can read horror, but I can't watch it. That's so Because weird. I love Stephen King and I love Dean Koontz. That is so weird. I know, because my mind is crazy. I'm just telling you. The first time I ever read... Um, it. I stayed up for almost 24 hours, girl, because every time I close my eyes, I see that damn clown. So I think the books will be scarier than the movie. Sometimes, but I love it. I love Dean Koontz. I love his old stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. James Patterson. I love him. The, oh, James Me Patterson. too. Me too, girl. Oh, my God. Girl. And yes. when Anne Rice did interview with the vampire, baby, I was hooked. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. I love, like, I love a good story. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, because some people write books and I'm like, this was garbage. Yeah. But I have so many books that are good. And I like James Patterson because his chapters are quick. Yeah. So yeah. when he started doing the Alex Krauss books, baby, I was in, I was for it. Girl, you I understand me? Because you can read those books in like no time. Yes. Um, yes. I have another friend. His name is Dr. Gelati Favors, who I went to high school with. He writes nonfiction, and he wrote a book about, oh, my God. Y'all, he's been on the Today Show and everything. What I do with this book? Oh, the beach chain, because I'm only talking about it. But he was talking about the civil rights movement in the black colleges and how it just all went hand in hand and how they literally changed the way we live today as black people. Wow. You know, and it's so amazing. And I'm going to have him on here too. I already told him. I'm saying, so you're going to have to get on here and we're going to talk about it. But um, I just love you for sharing yourself with us, your mind with us, your imagination with us. 
Um, I'm going to encourage you to just keep going in whatever it is you do. Maybe, maybe, <clears throat> like you said, you know, you, you're trying to get back into it, but maybe scripts is your thing. Maybe mentoring is your thing now. Maybe because once again, we're evolving. And sometimes, like Erica Badu says, you know, what if there were no, you know, only master teachers? Yeah. And at this point, with you writing 30 books, you're a master teacher, sis. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. So what's in your head is more than most people have, you know, on the tip of a pen. Because like when you do something, when they say you do something seven times, you're a master of it, right? Mm -hmm. You said 30, right? Yep. 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 You are master of your craft. And that's something when you get discouraged, remember that you are master of your craft. You're not just some lady out here who's writing books. You're a master of writing. You don't make me cry. Stop. So, well, it's the truth. And it's nothing but I always say everything is divine timing because I literally was sitting and I was like, who do I Ooh. want on my show really, really bad? And I said, I'm gonna ask her. And I and I literally just you see, I reached out. I was like, hey. And you said, yeah, I was like, ah. <laughs> I literally ran around the living room. But it was just so exciting having you on here. I and you. I just thank you for coming on here and talking. See, we didn't cut up too bad. We we'll only talk about a little bit of sex. We talk about girl. We had our girl. We could tell I, I just have a feeling this I'm just ready. I gotta have to get ready. <laughs> Because I get the whole Carla, Carla, Carla Simpson experience. I think I got to get ready. And so I will. Girl, because listen, I was like, baby, listen. <laughs> I told people, I said, baby, I thought them coochie popping 40s was something. But damn. They're 50s. <laughs> what's that? I said, I need to be on a bumper sticker, the coochie popping 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get ready. I'm going to have Speaking of which, don't forget y'all, I got merchandise. I got coffee cups, I got wine mugs, and I got t-shirts, okay? Where can I find the novels? Uh, go on Amazon. Not all of them are in print, because I got my rights back from my publisher, so the, some of them are out of print, and I'm going to eventually put them back in print, but um, the ones that are in print are on Amazon. And on the and on the eighth day, she rested. So the King series with Kenya was on the, um, what day I saw Black King, what was the other book? Um, don't want no sugar. Some uh, gotta send to get saved, and somebody pick up my pieces. Yes, baby, that gotta send to get saved was off the hook too. Yeah, that was listen, y'all, read them. That's what I'm gonna tell y'all. Read, and on the eighth day she rested. I'm gonna give them to you in order. One day I saw a black king. Don't want no sugar. Don't want no sugar. You gotta send to get saved. You gotta send to get saved. You know what I'm saying. And what's the last one? Uh, somebody pick up some somebody pick up my pieces. Somebody pick up my piece. You know what? Now that book made me cry. Oh. So let me tell you. Thank you, JD. Thank you for being humble enough to come on my show. Thank you for sharing yourself with us before you step onto this platform of being so sensual and 60. Thank you. <laughs> Girl, they better get ready. They better get ready. 
Yeah. Uh, and I see Doggy Love back there walking back and forth. I heard him back there squeaking on the thing. And I was like, hey, Doggy Love. I had kicked him out. They snuck in here again. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's okay. Because sometimes Pinky be in here tearing up the world. And it's all right. It is what it is. That's my life. Yeah. So we thank you. I wish you the best of success. You know, we'll see each other in these Facebook streets. Yeah. We know how to. Uh, uh, girl, don't be surprised. I come to Nola and be like, hey, girl, I'm down here. I'm coming. <laughs> that's all you gotta say. That's all you gotta say. I'll take you somewhere good to eat, girl. We good. Oh, girl, you know that's why I like to eat. Girl, me too. Girl, look, I took my spanks out today. I said these people just gonna see what the hell they see today, you know. <laughs> so I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. I wish you peace and light. I'm sending you just nothing but good vibrations. And just, you know, just keep being JD. That's all you can do, right? Thank you. And until next time, y'all, next week. <laughs>